are indeed faithful. Lord, we thank you for answering prayers. It's an indication that, Lord, we do not gather in vain. You are God who is interested in our welfare. You are God who is concerned about our welfare. And we thank you. We thank you for such testimonies that bring encouragement that, Lord, those who trust in you shall never be disappointed. And so we thank you. Lord, we have also come that we might inquire from you, that we might present our request to you. Lord, we pray for James Muniri who lost the dad, the dad-in-law. We pray that you will be close to that family. Lord, you'll comfort that family. Fill that family with your love, reminding them that all of us must one day answer to the call and, 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 and the appointment with you. We pray for Felice Tambole who lost the ankle. We pray that you'll be with her and be with the family. We pray for Sarah Macharia who lost her mother-in-law. All these people, Lord, some are grieving, some are rejoicing. Lord, some are sick in hospital. We pray for all of them. May you meet with each one's need, O oh Lord, as they seek you. May they not be disappointed. Father, we now sit at your feet to hear from you, to be encouraged by your word. For your word is life. May you minister to your people. And the needs, we present these needs to you, knowing that you will not disappoint us. Bless our minister, Lord. Use him as a vessel of honor. As he ministers in your word, may you bless him. Thank you, Lord, as we respond to the giving that we were taught last Sunday. We pray you'll bless the gifts that you have given. Bless the giver and bless the work of your church. Blessed be your holy name. Minister to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it seems uh, I'm back to my profession of minister of introduction. And I don't know how to introduce Brother John, having known him for over 35 years. How do you introduce such a person? You've known him for 35 years. And uh, all I can say, uh, Brother John is a dear brother in the Lord. Uh, he has a testimony that I know for over 35 years. So welcome, Brother John. Thank you. Buana Sifiwe. Uh, we want to, just before we start praying, we want to spend a bit of time continuing from where Sister Adoyo left on Sunday, the discipline of giving. Remember, we are going through various disciplines, isn't it? And so we just want to underline uh, what we discussed last Sunday on discipline of giving, tithes, and offerings. I want us to go to the book of Malachi, if you don't mind. The book of Malachi, chapter 3, uh, verse, seven, verse 7 to 12. Um, Malachi chapter 3, verse 7 to 12, we intend to also use the PowerPoint presentation on the, on the board. Are you there? Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In times of offerings. You are a dark curse, the whole nation of you, because you are, you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. 
Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you uh, blessed, uh, uh, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. I want to spend in the moment we have available, I'll, I'll deal with three issues. The first one is to suggest when you should not give to God. I'm sure the deacon board will not be happy with me because they would like, they want to be telling you how to give, isn't it? I'm here to suggest to you that there are times you should not be giving to God. You know, sometimes uh, we who are preachers have, will have to answer before God because we actually encourage you to give, even wrongly give. The Bible says, God love a cheerful. But sometimes the churches don't desperate for money. They say even if you are cheerful of giving. Now, obviously, <laughs> at that point, we are so desperate for money to put the old sanctuary into a proper building. We don't want to refuse any money. We want for the cheerful and, and cheerful. But if you give and you are not cheerful, you have given outside the system, according to Bishop Adoyo, you are not giving in an account that will be kept in heaven. You know, when you give, when you take money to, bank, to the bank, you normally is kept in a, in a book, isn't it? In an account. But if you make the mistake of sending your accountants in Barclays and you give money to KCB, they don't have an account. So Bishop Adoyo says they can only place your money. Bankers, you know where they will place it? When you don't have an account, where do they place the money? Suspense. And that's what happens to a lot of Christians in this room who give. Because you have no account in heaven, the angels want to credit you for giving. Thank you for giving. Like if you help us to put the old sanctuary, it will be wonderful because even the angels will recognize. But because you don't have an account in the God's book, they will check and it cannot account credit you. So it will go to suspense. Is that very clever? And I'm suggest to you that many people who give in church, their money goes to because God loves a cheerful. For when you give, you are not cheerful. They will look for your account because the givers of heaven are all cheerful. If you are a Christian, you are a cheerful. So you are always a cheerful. So when they go to check and you are not cheerful, remember the, our bank, our account book in heaven are all for cheerful givers. But you, you are an uncheerful giver who give whether you like it or so your money goes to. Do you know you have wasted your money? But we who are preachers will be held accountable before God. Because we made you give when you know you will not get blessings for giving. But because we are told desperate for the money, we told you to go ahead and... Remember, I'm suggesting to you this evening, and I don't have a lot of time, there are times when you should not give. Go back with your money. Yesterday I had a story that was very... <laughs> I had a story that was very interesting. There was this, there's this church in West Africa, which I was told about yesterday, where they are very, it sounded like Tuktendereza, but it's in West Africa, so they don't have Tuktendereza. But it, for them, it is displayed. So they discovered that one of the elders was, had an affair with one of the deaconesses. These are senior people in the church. When the congregation, when the elders discovered, they, for them, there is clear discipline. They said, what we have had, we cannot stand. So both of them had to be disciplined. What was the discipline? Oh, both of them were suspended from being elders, and the condemnation was they would, they would, after the suspension period, they could come back to the church as members, but never in their life 
Why are they going to be back? It is tough. That church is tough. <laughs> they, are going to, they will be forgiven, they will go to heaven, but they will never be leaders again. For an elder to be involved in an affair was such a serious matter, they could not risk it again. But heaven, they would go. <laughs> but there was suspense. That, during the suspension period, number two, they were not allowed to sit near the front because elders sit in the front. The, the way the whole congregation will know they had a suspension is they are allowed to, they must come to church, it was compulsory, but they must sit at the back. So, and every time people who are sitting in the front, if they sit at the back, everybody knows they are under suspension. <laughs> in fact, I'm told the lady, after a number of months, found it too embarrassing and ran away. But this brother was serious with going out with God. I haven't given you the total list of the suspension. The third suspension is that his, in, his tithe could not be received in church. During the period of suspension, not only we are so interested in you going to heaven, we don't want your money. So, you know, you have been giving, you are a giver, your problem was not in giving, your problem was with a woman, but now, even your money is not. So, for the period of suspension, no money. He was not, when the offering bag passed, everybody checked whether he gave, because he was not allowed to give any money for the period of suspension. Now, when I listened to that church, they were very clear. We are so interested in you being rehabilitated. We don't want your money. These days, very few churches even suspend anybody. Because you, if I had there, if this is the deacon, well, you know we have a, the elders, one of the jobs of the elders is discipline. <laughs> but when a matter is reported to the elders, they are very careful before disciplining. Because these days you try to discipline somebody, they will go to deliverance. So since we don't want to lose members, we are very careful before we discipline you. Because we can, now wait a minute, that church did not care. If you go, you go. <laughs> and not only did not, did they, were they so interested in you are going to heaven, they didn't want your money. Are there many churches like that? That will suspend you and refuse your money? Remember the scriptures are clear. God loves your cheerful. So it's not every type of a giver God is interested in. He has described whose money he is interested in. And this evening, in the few moments I have available, I want to suggest to you that you need to check, even as we are encouraging you to give, you need to check. So there have a list of a number of issues I suggest to you that you need to check whether you should be giving. The first one, if you do not know him as your Lord, you should not be giving. I'm suggesting to you <laughs> that the, according to Paul, the Corinthians, in, in Corinthians he says, these people are special. Why? Before they could give money, they first of all gave of themselves. So God is actually suggesting to you that before you can give God the money, he is interested in you giving your, in other words, open an account in heaven so that all you are giving has a credit account. Are we together? So that's what you need to check. You are seated here. And a lot of people are at the level where they give money, but they don't want to give the Lord. And in fact, one of the things I have realized is that when people are backsliding, they increase their giving. Because in their own mind, they are sorry about this problem they're having with their wife. But they really want to go to heaven. So what do they do? They think like, like you can do with the rest of the world. If you give much, but you know God doesn't have eyes, not like yours. So there is no you can funika, eyes that don't exist. Are we together? It's just like some people say they can, they can do go to God something. So that, you know, scratch my back and I scratch your They forget God is a spirit. He has no back. So you cannot scratch, <laughs> you cannot scratch his back. Are we together? So you need to understand that if you are going to give to God, it will not be, it will not be you know, in, in a way that you can bribe him. So my sister, 
if you are actually not working with the Lord, your money is of no consequence. And every shilling you give to sit them, we shall enjoy it. But there is it, your God to suspend account. Am I communicating? There isn't anything you are going to gain. And if you are going to be frank with you, that's why I thought in this evening it's important to be frank. We will tell you, God is not interested in your money. He is interested in you. And if you cannot repent the problem you're having with your wife, please stay with your money. Until you can come to where you see your sin, sort out with your wife, repent to her and to God, come back and start giving. God loves a cheerful giver. And it is very important. So it's very important that first of all, you know the Lord. You walk with the Lord. Number two, if you do not know him as being reliable, because sometimes you are giving to God, but you wonder, even if I give you, can you pay back? Are we together? So sometimes you, you have that idea that I give, yes. But you know, unless I sort out my ways, I don't think you can trust God. And that's why sometimes you cannot even pay your tithe. Because you think that the problems you are having are so many. If you give God the money, how will God look after? And you know, there are a lot of us who say, the reason I don't tithe is because my salary is very small. I want to suggest to you, even if, if your salary is small, even if you, give, you, you don't tithe and you stay with a hundred, the problem will still be more than your money. Am I communicating? So if your problem are 20,000 shillings worth and your salary is 10,000, go ahead and tithe. Because even if you don't, it will only be 10,000. There will still be a deficit of 10,000. So if God is not reliable, don't tithe. Am I communicating? Because one of the reasons we tithe is because we know with the whole salary or with part of it, only God can meet our needs, not our salary. And that's why we are able to tithe even when you don't. Like now, you are paying school fees for children. And the amount of school fees is such that you are salary, you are salary, and even your cousins, when all put together and he is willing to help, it cannot meet all the demands for this current term, isn't it? So what is the normal thing? You stop giving all the tithe you needed to give in order because you don't find God reliable. He cannot meet your needs. If you are in that category, please stay with your money. Because even if you tithe, even your heart, you don't find him reliable, there will be no blessing. Are we together? So you don't, tonight, God is encouraging you until you sort out to where you know God is so reliable that he can meet all your needs beyond your money. Are we together? Until you reach that level. That's the time you start giving. Because then you give and you trust him, isn't it? Thirdly, if you do not know that giving is not a bribe, if in your heart it has never been sorted out, that bribing God is not possible. You know, <laughs> Paul asks, what is it you have you are not given? Have you heard Paul asking that? That please go through your asset and ability account. You know your balance sheet for your life. Find out what asset you have you are not given by. Once you discover it, please go and give it to God. At that point, then you know that God can pay back, isn't it? But how do you bribe God with his own money? You are passing on the road, the policeman gives you a thousand shillings, then you say, let me bribe you with the 500, and he gave you a thousand. It doesn't make sense. And that's exactly how people, a lot of people are bribing. You know, a lot of the teaching we are having currently is trading with God. God has become a trader. Give me a, give him a thousand, he'll give you 20,000. <laughs> it's it's Reverend Oginda who says, it sounds like God is very desperate because only a desperate uh, investor can give you 300% your money, isn't it? And yet, that's what, because most bankers cannot give you 300 isn't it? But a lot of our preachers are saying, if you give to God, God is better than your bank. You give him 100, the return will be 3,000%. Uh, 3, 
that God must be very desperate for your money, isn't it? Because we have created the impression God can be influenced in the way he blesses, it depends on the way you give. You've gone through the scriptures, and that's not the, the, the study I get in the scriptures. We are not motivated in our giving by, we are supposed to tithe out of what God has given us. In fact, Paul says, when you come to give, give according to the way God has given you. But that theology has completely been changed. You are not supposed to give according to the way God has given you, advanced giving. You are supposed to give in order to get. Are we together? And can you see that two theologies are totally different? So that you, they, you, they, they, they are encouraging, and some people actually are even taking loans in order to give to God so that they can get money. Because remember, they don't give out of what God has given. They give out of what God will. Is that scripture? But that's what is in the, in the if you have been listening to, open, to, 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 to F, FM stations, isn't that what they are preaching? That God is so desperate for your money. If you want to be blessed, give. And the way you give is when you'll be blessed. Check the scriptures. You are giving is supposed to be out of what God has given, not out of loans. Am I communicating? So that God is expecting you to give according. So when you give, it is not so that God can bless you. It is because God has blessed you. Am I communicating? That's why he is not, he, he, he looked at some people giving and saw a lady that gave one coin and said she gave maximum. Because for him, he is not looking at the giving in terms of what the lady will get later. It's what God has given up to now. She's supposed to give out of her giving. So that in the end, it is not possible to tell who is a better giver unless you know the account. Because according to God, you give out of what he has given you. So you need to understand that you cannot bribe. Because anything you give, you are only giving out of what he has already. And anyway, I repeat, <laughs> if you bribe God, you will be bribing him with his own money. Because everything you have, he gave you in the first place. Number four, if you do not know that giving is not a sign of showing him a favor or sympathy, please don't give. You know, sometimes you wonder, if I don't give, how will the old sanctuary ever be built? You look at these people in Valley Road, surely, who can give. But you know I'm rich. I can write a check for 100 million. Let me help them. So you feel like God is so desperate. Without you, how can he make it? And there are many people who give in sympathy with God. They feel like if they don't give, what will God? And sometimes they sit in congregation and wonder, God, are you not lucky? If I never came to Valley Road, what would have happened to that church? <laughs> don't you feel like a God that you have me? And there are people who give on that condition. What do you think you are likely to get from God? A curse. Because God is not desperate. He can do anything with or without you. When you give, you give out of what he has given. So there, if you are going to give God out of favor, that what will happen to that ministry without me? That nation will fail without me. Oh, God, let me give. Because if I don't, you are desperate, my God. He is not desperate. He has never been desperate. You will not be desperate. I will never be desperate because God is omnipotent. Am I communicating? And it's important that when you come to your giving, it should never ever cross your mind that God is desperate. He has never been desperate and will never be desperate. It is you that will go way why if you don't give. If you don't give, God will never, never be the poorer. Am I communicating? So people who give out of that desperation, the best thing they can do is stay with their because they will get themselves a curse. If you had stayed without giving, it would have been okay. Now that you gave wrongly, you ended up with a 
Can you see I'm, I'm, you should be thankful to me that I'm advising you in time before you get yourself a curse. That out of your giving, you earn yourself a curse. And it's important that you check your giving to find out whether the way you are giving, God is you. As I, 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 I wanted to, to give a story, but we have run out of time, about a prince uh, who begged from a beggar. In, quick, in, quick, in, in a quick way, I will say, this man is in India, and he is a, he is a prince, a rich man. And he, or whenever he passed through where this beggar was, he always gave. This particular day he came, and he told the beggar that he was begging from the beggar. And the beggar was very offended. How can the king say, because and normally the beggar used to be given in terms of grains of rice, because rice is a staple food there, I'm told. So you, and they were giving so little, they would count the number of grains. But the whole play by the end of the evening, the grains would be enough to make one meal of rice. So they were giving grains. So the, when, the beg, when the prince said he wanted to be given, they said, but you surely, uh, the, the, what I have is not even enough to make a meal. Say, no, no, please, um, whatever you want, it's your choice how much you want to give me. So this beggar counted nine grains of rice <laughs> and handed them out to the prince. And the prince said, thank you. And he went away. Because he did not think, he felt like he cannot trust that you have any food in the evening. So he could, not give the, he could not give the prince more than nine grains. In the afternoon, a chariot came to where the beggar was. And it brought nine grains of gold. In, and the message was, you gave me nine grains of rice. I'm paying you back with gold. Now the, 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 the beggar rose quickly and said, Oh, stay, stay, wait there. I can give you more rice. Because now he knew that every grain of rice was becoming a grain of? And the messenger said, Sorry, the opportunity was available in the morning. Now it's no longer available. You need to understand that God does not require out of your money because he is poor. He wants to bless you. Are we together? But some of us are counting grains of rice. And we think like we are such big givers because we gave him nine grains of rice. And we are determining our blessings by the thankfulness of our giving. Because the rice was given in the first place. Was it? The rice did not belong to the beggar. He was given, isn't it? And this particular prince was one of the givers. But he was not willing to release it. Ask yourself today, do you give out of bribing God or out of thankfulness? Do you look at your life and see if it were not for God, like our sisters have been, have been testifying, if it were not for God, who would you be? So that each time you give, it is not so that God is indebted to you, but it's because God has already been your supplier. Are we together? And you will continue being a supplier. The reason you give him is because you know he has supplied you and he'll continue supplying you. Let me just mention that we need to give because there are blessings in giving. We have just been talking about when we should not give. But I'm saying there are times when we should give. We should give because there are blessings of giving. You see, one of the reasons, one of the things I, I learned is that when I give, it relieves me from the curse of riches. One of the, um, and I know you are not likely to agree with me, but I want to tell you one of the things that is dangerous is to be rich. Many, many rich people <laughs> are, live a very unhappy lives. And so when you give, you remind yourself that your joy does not come from money. So when you give it, because it's very difficult to give, we are naturally selfish. So when you give, you have to work on yourself, isn't it? And every time you give to God, it reminds you even what you have does not belong to you. Therefore, you cannot be proud. You are not rich. It, you are just a steward of money that belongs to 
So you don't feel. Other people may call you rich. But to you, by giving, you are demonstrating you are not rich. Because what you have, you are just a steward of what God has. Verse 9 in the book of Malachi we read said, You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. In other words, out of your style of giving, you can end up having a curse. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 12. And it's also on the board. You can read it on the board. Ecclesiastes 5, 12 says, The sleep of a laborer is sweet. Whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of a rich man permits him no sleep. You hear, you are not don't quote Nganga. Can you hear it in the Bible? That, 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 that some of you, when you are poor, you are happier than now that your salary has been tripled. Are we together? You need to quite understand. I've told people sometimes we don't understand that. Some of you, and I've given this example before, some of you are living very difficult lives, newly married, having one car, or having no car, and sometimes you are so fed up with your wife because you come to church late. You wish God could bless you with a car, because then you'll have less quarrels because you arrive on church in time. I want to tell you, the day you get a car, you have gotten a curse. Because now, earlier, you could leave your wife and come by Matatu and arrive in church even if she comes late. However, when you get a car, if you leave her, it will be taken to the bishop. And you need to understand, <laughs> if it's a, a family car and you leave her, will you, the matter not reach the bishop. So now you have to stay there, and both of you will end up late. You come to church, and you cannot even hear the sermon, <laughs> because you arrived late. What really caused the problem? The car. Are you understanding the abidance, the problems of the rich? Am I communicating? And some of you have one car, so one of the things you say, oh God, our family life would be so much better if you gave us two cars so that we don't have to quarrel over one car. You don't know what you are praying for. <laughs> the day your wife and yourself have cars each, earlier, you needed to, every morning, you had a fellowship. Not just quiet time, but fellowship. Where will you pass through and what will you be having? So you communicate about how to use the car in the evening, isn't it? The day both of you have cars, you can't even remember to tell your wife where you are going. You go to one fellowship, you go to another fellowship, she arrives home, there is no husband, she's almost ringing the police to report that her husband is lost. You need to understand, you do that two, three times. Have you got a marriage? And what is causing it? The fact that you got a second? Am I, can I continue? Now, you need to understand, you need to understand that a lot of the problems when you have tied yourself to the money, you are failing to understand what the Bible is saying. Ecclesiastes, don't quote me, quote Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse, verse 12. Or maybe you don't want to look at the Bible. I can quote something that I read. A rich man called Vadabout said about riches. He was so rich, he was being interviewed. What about life as a rich man? He said, oh my, you don't understand. The care of my $200 million. <laughs> I'm sure most of you don't even have $1 million. But this guy <laughs> had $200 million. So he said, the care of my $200 million is enough to kill anyone. <laughs> he was so rich that his riches were enough to kill, there is no pleasure in it. Don't quote me, quote Vadabond. So you need to understand our giving. It's a way of reminding us to distance ourselves from our money so that our riches do not become the measure of our joy or lack of it. Maybe I should also quote Dr. Beck, who was quoted in the American Journal of Psychiatry uh, after he had done a research about suicides, and he said that one of the major causes of suicide is financial resources. The risk of for suicide increases in direct proportion to the increase of resources. Are you hearing me? Do you see why you have not committed suicide? You are still poor. You need, to, <laughs> you need to understand this guy, according to this research, according to this research, this guy said 
the risk of suicide increases in direct proportion to the increase of the riches. Are you getting it? That, that somehow we seem to be able to cope in as long as you have not become very rich. By the time you become vagabond with $200 million, the thing will kill you. Am I communicating? <laughs> but if you want to go to the Old Testament, we have the story of David. David, as a new young man, was fighting every day with his soul. With his, with his soul. Then he finally became king. And the first years of King David were fighting and fighting and fighting until he had conquered all over. He had extended the, the boundaries of Israel. And now he wondered what is there more to conquer. So one decided, he decided, now I'm a rich man, I'm a big king. He decided to stay home out of riches. Either because of the amount of wealth and time that he had. And that is when he ended up falling and sinning with Uriah's wife Bathsheba. Are you hearing me? He was always a good man until he became a rich. Are you hearing me? <laughs> so I told you there is a curse out of riches. Did you hear me? Now, it's very important. Christianity Today magazine says, of married men earning $20,000, this is an American study also, earning $20,000 a year, only that 1% of them, only that 1% conduct extramarital affairs. That's what the research shows. That people, men earning $20,000 a year, only that 1% of them had extramarital affairs or running away from someone on someone's wife. Then it goes on to say that of the men earning more than $60,000, 70 percent of them are running extramarital affairs. Are you getting the direct proportion? <laughs> when I learned to give, I end up distancing myself from my bank account. So that whether I'm rich or poor, it doesn't seem to affect me. They increase my salary, I'm still joyful. They remove it, I'm still joyful. My joy is in the Lord. And giving is what causes you. Because you give and continue giving, it, you, it helps you to distance yourself. I, I, my, time, my time is gone. But let me just mention one more thing, because I wanted to mention a number of conditions for the blessing of giving. The first one, I'm saying, not giving the whole tithe will bring a curse as it did to Ananias. So that it's very important to understand, although we are talking about giving, and I give the impression that there are people who are not supposed to give. Even those who give, you are giving, could feel giving you blessings because you are not giving everything. It's not what happened to Ananias. There were many people in the congregation who gave nothing, but they never got a curse. Ananias was better than them. He gave something. He got himself, and the curse was not a small curse. He died. And the wife came pretending to be holy. She also died. Now you know what <laughs> You need to understand that there are many people in that congregation that never gave, and they never died. Now, so many of you who are giving, watch out. Because when you start giving, and you are not bringing the whole tithe, you have a problem. Look at verse 10 of Malachi. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room for it. When you give your whole tithe, you expect a blessing. Do you know a lot of the harambes we do, even now when we are, we are building the old sanctuary, the reason why the pastors are struggling is because of not giving. Somebody did a research in America, and America is regarded as one of the best givers. Do you know what they discovered? The most evangelical Christians in America, their total giving is only 6% of their income. In other words, on average, people don't tithe. Isn't tithe 10%? And Americans are better given than anywhere in the world. They only give 6%. If Americans give 6%. <laughs> are you getting the idea? That if actually members of this church start tithing, 
We will never talk about giving. There will be no special giving. Because the money will be enough to put up the old sanctuary, even the new one. It's very important to understand that the one of the reasons why we keep telling people about giving is because they don't tithe. And please hear me. When you tithe, you are not a good Christian. You are just a Christian. Because you see, tithing is just obeying. Am I communicating? When you have tithe, all you are is a, is a Christian. You start showing love when you give the old a tithe. Because it's called love offering. Have you heard me? The tithe is not a love offering. It's compulsory. <laughs> but love offering is beyond a tithe. <laughs> are you hearing me? So if you are, we are not even tithing, have we started love offering? And you know, we normally run here with love offering. But the guy bringing a million shillings had just gotten a contract of 120 million. He has kept the balance. But we are so happy that he has brought a million and he's a thief. It's very important to understand. <laughs> it's very important to understand very clearly that the size of the money is very... Is, now, unfortunately... <laughs> So let me finish with this. When you give, according to Matthew 6, 1, Matthew 6, 1, and I'm finishing with it, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. You have no blessing. The first one I said is when you give and you don't fully give, when you don't tithe. Are we together? The second one is when you give and you get praise from men. You have no blessing. That's why, and I'm talking to the deacon board, I want to tell you very clearly, some of us you have to answer before God. Because if Nganga gives you money, and you actually announce it, everybody is so happy about Nganga's giving. Let me read for you in case you think this is Ngangaism. Just read Matthew 6, 1 again. I want you to hear it. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. In other words, as soon as people clap for you, and don't quote me. Please read the Bible. Please, I don't want you to quote me. What has the Bible said? It's not that you have a small reward in heaven. What does the Bible say? Can you imagine? Anybody, whoever gives in a harambe, where a man is announced, and they clap for him. And I'm, please don't quote me. Quote the Bible. He has, he has no reward. And who causes it? Deacons. Who announce your money after you give. It's a serious matter. Because, and, and I, I have tried in Hambes to give money. Like another time I said, please, why don't you have a, a counter for those of us who don't want to announce? When I brought my money, the guy who was collecting looked. And he saw there were several thousands. He took the money out. And he said, our preacher today, because I was a visiting preacher, has given. I said, wait a minute. I thought I said it, the, 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 the counter was for people who don't want their money. Does he understand the scriptures? Because if he announces my money, he had just stolen my blessings out of heaven. <laughs> and yet, what does a clap do to Nganga? Can it add a shilling in my pocket? But if I don't get a clap, I have blessings from heaven. Are you getting it? Would you ever want a clap and so that you have no blessings from heaven? Let us pray. Oh Lord Jesus, you desire us to be givers. But not every type of a giver are you happy to receive from them. There are people you have said you don't want their money in your temple. People who are prostitutes taking money from prostitutes, you are already clear you don't know their money. Might there be somebody here whose money, and he has been tithing so regularly, so well. Might there be somebody here you are telling you don't require his money. That you want first of all that you repent. That you will be cleansed before you can start accepting his money. 
I want to pray for someone here. Is there somebody saying, that message was for me? I serve the Lord. I do so much work for the church. I do so much for God. I give my money. I give my time. But there is a problem between me and God. Or because of the problem between me and another human being. And I have not sorted it out. But tonight, I want to repent. I want to be reconciled. I, do, I want to be in proper relationship with God. So that my giving will receive a blessing rather than a curse. Is there somebody saying, Brother Nganga, pray with me. I want God's forgiveness. God was talking to me. Just put up your hand. The Lord bless you. You can put it down. Anybody else? The Lord bless you. Put the hand down. The Lord bless you. Put the hand down. The Lord bless you. Put the hand down. Anybody else? The Lord bless you. Put the hand down. I want to ask our sister, the Lord bless you. Put the hand down. To just come back and take over the meeting. And put every one of us who have put up our hands. Is there anybody else who is saying, even me, I want to be included in that prayer? That you are saying, oh God, forgive me. The Lord bless you also. Let's ask our sister to just continue with the prayer meeting. And pray for us that the Lord would truly make us, give us, who receive blessings.